Welcome back, everybody, to the Precision Unloaded podcast. This is episode 57, the first episode of 2023. Uh, we're a bit late getting some episodes out this year due to having um, several large events, uh, shooting events um, to organise and participate in and um, and so forth. Uh, tonight, we have your regular co-hosts, Graham and Mark, and we are joined once again by Simon Gillis from Gillis Practical Rifle Events. And we're going to talk about the Spark 22 series final and maybe a few uh, different sort of overview points from the series as a whole. Uh, welcome back, Simon. G'day. Yes, it's um, it's good to have you back on. That last episode with you was quite popular, actually. Popular, popular for a New Zealand shooting podcast, anyway. Um, <laughs> you won't get any royalties, that's for sure, but... Um... Oh, so you've been posting the link to the wrong forum scene. Yeah, yeah, the New Zealand hunting and shooting forum <laughs> doesn't really get the, the views I was hoping. Um, and Mark, how are you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad? You're uh, recovering after a couple of busy weeks up at the farm? Yeah, it's certainly throwing me out of uh, whatever, a bit. Yeah, Probably we won't, won't recommend having two events the week after the week. Yeah, we'll do at least a month. At least a month between. Oh, <laughs> Two weeks is fine. Yeah, yeah. If, uh, Just yeah. have a lot of things on hold, trying to make sure the track's clear and everything for vehicles. And yeah, no, that's yeah. right. Yeah. It rained. That was a good part. I know not the competitors didn't think that. But. Yeah, that, that's that's the next podcast anyway. <laughs> oh, sorry. sorry. So, I'm ahead of myself. Yeah, you're 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 a fortnight ahead. Carry on. <laughs> um, so again, we've we've talked about the previous. Um, rounds of the spark series and what the series is it's a sort of joint effort between four match directors four different venues um across the last seven months ish um i think it was may the first one so six six seven months um starting in pew pew then we did tikarangi tarada and finishing up at ahatiti so um yeah ahatiti being the final um as a whole, we'll talk about how the series winners later on, but um, I thought, so Simon was the match director. For, sorry, match planner. Mark was the match director. And I was but a competitor at the final. So we'll sort of talk over that and then we'll round, wrap it up then. Anyway, so Simon, coming into um, the final, the plan was to sort of incorporate aspects from the three different, um, initial rounds. How did you go about, uh, obviously, making that work in the final, having them similar but not the same and, and such? You sort of start off with we had to find a spot up at Mark's place to, to run the event. So that sort of it dictates a lot of what you can do, um, just the, the physical terrain and what distances you can get and where you can put you know safe backstops for targets and you know, directions of fire and all that. Um, but, yeah, the goal was to, to over the 12 stages of the finale, um, to pick uh, three that reasonably represented each of the lead-up shoots and then three that were three stages that were different, um, something we hadn't seen at um, the lead-up events. But, yeah, so I started with a... You know, you start with the terrain and then you pick what you think was, you know, good stages out of the lead-up events that would fit the terrain. Um, so, the yeah, I, I sort of wrote it out before. Uh, there were 
Uh, so from the first event up at Pew Pew, um, the steel tree um, at Pew Pew was a very steep shot. So you had a very steep close target and then a, a longer, uh, flatter shot for the... Um, but the idea with the steel tree is you used a bunch of different levels on the steel tree on multiple targets. Um, so we used that uh, at the finale. Um, stage two at the finale came from the speed versus precision match at Tirada. Uh, so you had a, a long learn your limits rack. I think it was about 180 metres at the finale. And then you had to bank all your score on a little spinner um, or a little target behind the spinner. Uh, stage three was tyres. That was new. That was a quite an unstable prop, to be honest, though a few people cleared it. Um, stage four come from Tikarangi. It was mainly based around natural props and movement within the stage. So Tikarangi, we had a few stages where you had to move from this position to that one to that one and, and shoot from each of them. So um, that will come from Tikarangi. Stage five was a positional learning limits, which again come from Tikarangi. Stage six was dash it, so it was a new one. Stage seven was the blind stage, which we'll talk about because <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but that came from Tikarangi, so I'm gonna, you know, I'll blame that event. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> stage eight was a swinger and the other targets that came from speed versus precision. The stage nine, the tanking. Uh, learn Your Limits. So that was a solid prop on a Learn Your Limits rack. Um, that came from Pew Pew. Uh, trying to remember what was... Oh, it was that um, that fence post thing we had at Pew Pew on the Learn Your Limit rack. Mm. And then um, Stage 10 was new. That was not even the net. So you had a net where a bunch of... Defined where you shot from. Speedy Possum, Stage 11, come from Speed vs. Precision. Then the troop line, the last troop line was... Um, not quite a direct copy of the troop line we shot at Pew Pew, but pretty close. Similar, yeah. I might, yeah, I might so. add on Speedy Possums. I was the high scorer for the day. That's the only yep. only claim of fame I had all day, though. <laughs> I had a nightmare on the speed run for that stage. That yeah, that ripped a big hole in my score. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Um, so sprinkling in the new ones. Um, with the, I guess, well, we wanted to make it a slightly bigger event a few more stages and it just made sense to add in a few new ones to mix things up rather than going all old old or repeat stages from the the previous rounds it worked quite well i think the um this the the spread of uh the, the sampling from it from each event worked worked out it was good it was fun um the new stages were challenging um yet not out of the world uh different um yeah, and and there was the stages. I will say weren't like someone said with, with the troop line. They weren't exact replicas. They were similar. So there was um, the uh, stage five. We did the sitting unsupported on the linear limits rack at sixty meters, the bigger yep. rack. Yep. Uh, but then then you did it off the tree as well. So it, um, and albeit with significantly more wind. That was that was a good stage. That was. Um, a good variation on an original stage from earlier in the year. Yeah, some of it's dictated by terrain. Um, but yeah, some of it, you're just, I'm trying to keep the the points all about the same for each stage um, and trying to keep the round count up, of course. So yeah, if um, if you just had that Learn Your Limits rack on your own unsupported, then at like six shots, you can clear it. And, um, yeah, I, I think there was one thing at Tikarangi, I, I gave too many shots available for it. 
So more more people than I had anticipated cleared it. I was expecting it to be a bit more of a um, uh, harder stage, but yeah. So it, it worked out well. Um, yeah, it worked out well. So coming into the final, one thing we were worried about um, was someone someone coming in with a massive lead and not having to perform particularly well to to win or, or there not being much of a competition going into the final and in especially in rifleman class but we ended up coming in with oh, three people who could win it with a good day and then a couple just behind them too if, if, if it turned to shit for a bunch of people there was there were several possibilities on who could win the series final and then uh, three who could win the um the hunter class series as well that was quite, I mean, not that we can do much to, to plan for that, but that, that was quite an achievement, I think, um, or a happy coincidence, um, and not just being a, a, the Anthony Colley show, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think some of that is some of that is good planning, and, of course, some of it is just good, consistent shooters across months and events turning mm. up and, and, and shooting consistently well. Yeah. But, yeah, some of it, I think, comes down to good planning. I think the lead-up events... Um, uh, did well in in setting up the scoring such that the scores at the top are going to be tight. Um, and I think um, both GPRE and TLRS have done that a little bit over the last year or so. Um, have changed a little bit of our stage scoring approach to ensure those scores are, are tighter so someone uh, doesn't go running away. But um, the main goal being that the like the, the top-level competitors... They, they can't just accept that they didn't get the last target, even though it's only worth a couple of points. Those couple of points may well make the difference. Yeah, yeah, that, I, yeah. Because previously we'd see um, years gone by of people just yeah, dominating and coming out a stage or two ahead. Um, yeah, some of that is how the the series scores added up as well. So the series score for each match was made up as a combination of um, a, a score allocated for your placing at that event and a <coughs> score allocated for the percentage of the top score shot on the day. Mm. Um, so the placing of is, you know, the placing scores are always going to be first and second are going to be really close to each other. Um, and so the only real difference comes in, or the, you know, the bigger difference comes in your percentage of score. Yeah. And we managed to keep that tight across the events. Yeah, I guess too. Also, with the different um, each event having a particular style, so it didn't play into any one shooter's skill set across the whole series. And then it being a massive advantage, like obviously round two was your style of event. I'd call it right the um, heavy, unsupported positional, or more than normal. Uh, round one was definitely. Uh, an advantage to Collie with his skill set, and then round yep. th- round three, um, well, Wilkie won it, and he'd been out of out of action, been overseas, but so uh, with, and a lot more of the semis did well, um, rather than just having that same, well, you see it overseas in some series, that cookie cutter format that every match is the same. It's like, well, I'm running a match, so I need to have a tank trap, and I have to have a DTAC barricade because they do it. It's like, well, now let's. Style each one in a sort of different skill 
skill set ish, but but also not make it that if you can't shoot any unsupported, you're still going to do really really bad. You can still come and be competitive. You're just going to struggle on some stages. Um, yeah, I think that was one of the big advantages of the series overall. Really, was that um, you know it was four different matches with this with four different match directors and with four very different styles. Mm. Um, or you know stage and stage design styles. I think it yeah it was it was cool. You certainly need to be a very well well rounded overall shooter, um, you know, to maintain a, a consistently high standard across those different styles. Yeah, yeah. She, what one thing I found interesting was seeing some of the Auckland guys um, who shoot a lot of positional only on paper because it's what they've got, and it isn't. but um, doing quite well across most of the rounds. Um, with with only having that basic sort of training, uh, like they don't have access to a thousand hectares, right? Um, and even though just putting that work in on paper, shooting positional, shooting off props on paper, and um, they were still able to place well, really well. Um, so, yeah, it, it, I think it was a, an achievement the, the different styles of events, and um, Yeah, I don't know. yeah, no, I think it worked well. I think you, you know, the comment you made before around, you know, that that unsupported positional shooting, um, and those those guys up in Auckland who shoot it like um, Manukau Manukau sporting rifle and whatnot, they do a fair amount of that unsupported stuff, and so you know they're confident with it. They can drop straight in position. So the 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 fun thing about the field matches is that the range isn't flat. Where you shoot from isn't flat, and you you often need to tweak that position to make it work in a in a field environment and so yeah it was well done to them to um you know to take that on and and do it yeah exactly exactly um so what we need to talk about i we were talking about hunter class too with the we had a um a similar i didn't expect oh, his name escapes me um alex yeah alex um coming in and um and winning the um, the Hunter Class final, which is pretty awesome. Uh, his, yeah, good on him. New, new yeah. to the season, new to us. Yeah, yeah. P- pistol, pistol guy. Um, new yeah, it, I think he did all f- all the rounds. Maybe I think he did. Yes, um, he did. And yeah, um, you know, built up his skill set and learned a few things over the over the year, and um, and, and won the final and come. Not far off the season uh, victory either, actually, in the end. Um, I think only six points or something. So an achievement there um, from having never shot any any of our events before. That's pretty pretty awesome. So I'm just looking for the thing. Yeah, when I look back at the um, finale scorecards, and I'm going to be quite biased here, that come down to one target. The yeah. placings um, for the finale match and for the overall series came down to one target. Mm. Um, the Hunter class, they had a bank at Learn Your Limits on stage nine. So where the tank track was, where that little Learn Your Limits track was, and then they had the spinner with the target behind, they had to bank their score by hitting that target behind the spinner. And... Um, Malcolm didn't hit that little target behind the spinner. No, so he, he zeroed the stage. He zeroed that stage, but he had seven of the Learn Your Limits rack mm. targets 
And so if he had hit that one target, he would have won the finale and the series. Yeah. So <laughs> what it came down to was one stage, one target. Yeah. Yep. And yep. his last shot, he stopped that spinner right in front. It was. <laughs> yep. Shit. So, yeah, that's how close it was. That's cool, though, isn't it? Yeah. You, you know that it's yep. not not just a, a given. Um, it's awesome, actually. Yeah. That's no, so a congratulations to those guys in Hunter Class, too. I think we had about, what's that, 25 odd people through Hunter Class across the season? Yeah, just under. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. So, um, I'll touch on Hunter Class later. But that's um, that's. I think that's. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Hunter Class later. So, Simon, the blind stage, stage seven, the infamous eight, blind stage, seven. the infamous <laughs> blind stage. <laughs> so this. So just to, to a bit of context. So Simon designed the match. He set the blind stage, and then his due to being in contention for the series when he was to get the average score of the top five, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. So this was this the the, the top this top series um, points leaders were all run and this was worked out with them in the build up. So it's not as if it was a, just made up on the spot. Um, <laughs> so I, I went into this the blind stage. Um, I thought, yeah, I'm gonna after after Tarada, I'm gonna take my binoculars in. and I'm gonna I'll, I'll take a little tripod too, just in case some of the targets are small. And I'm really short on time. I'll just, you know, quickly chuck it on the tripod. And man, I went in there and I just started looking and looking and looking and looking. And I think maybe at two minutes in or halfway, I spotted one. The easy, what turns out was the easy target, and it was quite small. So yeah, I just quickly threw the gun on the tripod and hit, hit. Oh, yeah, sweet! Now we're off now. And um, then I just stared at the trees for the next uh, couple of minutes. <laughs> and, and then as I finished, Lee said, you've actually done pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, shit, have I? So uh, that, that was that was a bit of a laugh. But um, I was getting updates from Mark through the day. Mark was match director. He'd run around, he'd talk to Lee. Lee would give an update. And then um, I'd catch up with Mark later in the day and be like, oh, Jesus, it's not going very well. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what... Um, Putting together that blind stage, what what was the thought going in there compared to the the previous one at Tarata, which was hard? So the the previous one at Tarata uh, was um, there was it was tricky, um, but the targets were all visible. There was only sort of one that was the the, the far ram at Tarata. You kind of had to be in a very specific spot. It was a half a crouch to look under a tree, to look in the distance, and then you could see it. The rest of them, they weren't so much hidden as they were put into shadow and then um, tried to break up their outline only a little bit. But um, for the most part, um, you guys talked about it on your podcast, was you were looking for frames. You're looking for straight lines in a, you know, in a, in a natural brush. And... Um, yeah, I'm not sure why um, Tarata stage wasn't competed better than it was. Um, it may have been people sort of thought the targets would be closer or they wouldn't be on the other side or something, but either way. Um, so you guys talked about it on your um, your podcast about looking for frames, and I thought, yeah, that's it. That is the way to set the finale match so that like you can't use that little trick 
in the um in the finale. So I um I camouflaged and hid, and um I put a target under it. So all you could see, you couldn't see the frame, but you had a log or a branch hanging in front of it, and all you could see was a target hanging out the bottom. And yeah, there was bits of fern draped over frames and all sorts, using a bit of shadow and a yep camouflaged out the frames. It was yeah. In hindsight, it was probably a little difficult. <laughs> little. So the high score of the day, the high score was three targets found and shot twice each. Yep. By a good friend of mine. He was, he was stoked. <clears throat> it was cleared. Yeah. I couldn't was believe it? it wasn't cleared. Graham? Yeah, it was. By who? Oh, at Tarata it was cleared. Um, no, 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 no. No, not at the finale. You shot it? And I didn't clear it. I one short, sorry. Yeah, his, I was a target short. His didn't Ran count. out of time. His didn't count for anything anyway. And the whole oh. score got scrapped anyway. Yeah. But so when when my friend shot it, um, he, he runs uh, supersonic camo so, and no suppressor. So you can hear him shooting. I thought, you know, a little bit in, I heard him on the first target. I was like, oh, yeah, good job. Yeah, that's him done. He's not going to find more than me. And then a minute later, I hear the gun arc up again and, bah, 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 and oh yeah you got no one fuck that's good and then just as his time was running out he managed to find one more and mag dumped on it and I, he managed yeah he, he walked out of there with the high score which is um pretty pretty awesome for joy but um so he's stoked and i think he gave a bit of a boost on the points on the day too which is very good um yeah, so Lee ran that stage for us. Um, he volunteered to run that stage, as he has the last couple of matches, or all the matches with a blind stage. Um, he made. I talked to Lee in the morning when I showed him where all the targets were and whatnot, and um, we were talking about setting blind stages. And and normally blind stages, um, you set about when you're setting the stage, you set about half this half the targets about a middle of the morning sort of time. And then you set the other half of the targets about the middle of the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because obviously the sun's going to move during the day and it changes the light and, and where the sun shines and where you've got your shadows and where you've got your bright spots um, on that on that stage. And um, Lee made quite a, an astute observation. There was one of the targets, that target you found, Graham, the one right out in front, uh, the one not hidden. Um, <laughs> at all. <laughs> there, was, there was another target about... Oh, maybe three meters to the left of that, and um, just just sort of beside and behind a, a panga that was there. And um, Lee said, halfway through the day, the sun come across, and that target just lit up, and everyone got it. Yeah, um, yeah, or everyone. And then he said it was just like there was maybe a ten minute window where that target lit up, and then it disappeared again. I'm looking at the photos you put up of. Of these targets, <laughs> and with a with a high definition, several thousand dollars with a camera, the camera's struggling to see them, and it's pointing <laughs> at them. <laughs> Man, like that. Uh, so the <clears throat> going all the way back to Tikarangi in June or July, or whenever that was. Um, the, the the little area we use for the blind stage, there's not a lot of places to put targets. You could make it slightly harder, but it's it's a, a sort of a wedge shape that goes down between all this. Um, this rubbish, um, uh, Barbary and, and gorse and stuff. So it's 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 pretty simple, um, and about half, I think half the people sort of get through it. And then Tarada yeah. was a bit more of an area, and um, and then in this area where where you put this one was just just to 
it was just the bush trying to come back to life. Uh, grow, you know, crown fern and pungas and fallen trees and shit everywhere. It was um, it was cool, uh, but shit, it was hard. Um, yeah, it's a lot of area, so I think the targets were spread over something like a maybe a ninety degree arc out in front of you. Um, maybe a little less, and the you were told all the targets were closer than the fence, and the fence was about I don't know fifty odd yards away. Um, from where you were, um, you had a bit of a box you could move around in. Um, talking to a few competitors, what they do when they jumped into that box is they just like they're overwhelmed with information. There's so much to look at. There's so many little hiding spots and shadow and crown fern and pungas and fallen trees and standing trees and all. There's so much to look at, um, and so they they get a bit overwhelmed. It's sort of an information overload. And um, I thought the way to do it was with binos. Um, but also, you you know, like where you get a big clump of crown fern or there's a big, you know, there's a punga, you really can't see through that punga. And so the reality is there's not going to be one in a big pouch of crown fern because mm. you physically can't see it. And so you can very quickly sort of, you know, eliminate a bunch of areas. Um and even when I shot it, like I, I shot it and didn't clear it, and um, I still needed binos to spot a couple of them back in the shadows. Yeah. Um, before getting the rifle on them. Um, yeah. No, it was a. a hey, I thought it was a cool stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so set your own fucking match. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I came out of it. Yeah, I was thinking, man, I've I've screwed the pooch here, and then Lee's going, no, man, you it's pretty good hitting one. So yeah. Um, so, but it, it was yeah. It, it, it didn't actually. The difficulty meant that it was essentially pretty even across the day for most people. So it didn't. It wasn't a, a big deal in the end. Yeah, that that's kind of the discussion I had after I said it um, with a couple of people. Might have been yourself, Graham. It was certainly um, with Malcolm and Calvin where we stayed the night um, before the match. Was man that you know the, that is going to be a tricky stage, and it's like yeah, well, it'll be tricky for everyone. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, like Collie said, he went in there looking for frames after his performance at the last one where he found everything. He said he found the first one and was like, oh, yeah, here we go, easy, and then shot that and then spent the rest of the time looking at bushes. So, um, Yeah, it's easy to stress out when you when you, <laughs> when you yeah. can't find what you're looking for. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and you start wasting time, you know, you're just sort of glancing over stuff, so... Um, yeah, so so yeah, maybe we'll dial it. We'll dial it back slightly going forward <laughs> on the blind stages, or make it harder. One or two. Um, yeah, oh, it's like anything with practice. People will get better. <laughs> true, true, <laughs> true. Yeah, fuck. Um, it's not. It's definitely not one of my strong suits. Um, maybe we need to set up like a hey, come pay twenty dollars and come to a blind stage clinic, and we just have eight of them set up. And you get 10 minutes in each one. You don't even shoot. You don't need... You actually don't even need to shoot. You could just point the targets out to Lee. Go, no, leave your gun. Take your binos. You go in there and you go, oh, yeah, I've found... Like you said at the, your Hiatai uh, challenge back in the day, you're looking for an antler yep. or you're looking for... You achieve the same thing. The shooting itself isn't that hard. It's the observation, which is, which is the skill. Um, and it is a, it's a practice skill. Um, yeah. I've set a, a few blind stages, not many. Um, yeah, and... Yeah, it's just, it, you know, it's fundamentals of camouflage that you're trying to apply, uh, whether it's not it be really shape. It's solo activity, is it, though? How do you mean? 
setting your own blind stage and then shooting it. <clears throat> no, you wouldn't set it yourself. <laughs> For practice. Oh, <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Or maybe just yeah, I have blind stage, getting drunk and then coming the next day. <laughs> uh, I have thought about setting like blind stages for observation training. So, um, noticed in a couple of team events we've run now, we're um, on blind stages at team events where one competitor will see something or a target and they've got to talk their teammate onto where that target is. And, um, and, and some of it's, you know, it comes back to, you know, picking out, um, you know, markers on the terrain. It's like, okay, it's at the top of that tree. You come left the three fingers and, and it's there on the, on the hillside or something, you know, it's, um, so I have thought if I was, um, if we're doing it like a, a practice or a train up day to set stages like that, and you would basically, you blind one team member, like put them behind a screen or something. The other person has to find them and then, you know, give them a, give the, the person behind the, the screen a time limit and say, right, you've got to shoot um, within a time. Um, and so the, they haven't seen it. The teammates got to, to walk them on or, you know, talk them on to the target and engage in a time. That'd be quite neat, actually, wouldn't it? It'd be hard. It's good training for communication, which is obviously <clears throat> really needed in a team event. One of the few... <laughs> are you, the, the measuring with the fingers, I've, I've been using that for a few years. I learned it from some of the Army boys. Um, I don't take much from the military in terms of shooting, but that measuring system for identifying um, uh, from a feature to a target or a location of interest, it's fantastic because everybody's yep. got fingers. Um, yep. Yeah. Another thing I've learned from the Army recently is that MREs are not good to eat. Um, but you know. <laughs> oh, but you're giving them out. Yeah, my, my bowels are suffering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so one thing going, um, the first round at Pew Pew, uh, it's quite a notoriously windy venue, um, so I was quite excited for it to <clears throat> be a bit more of a wind challenge. Um, and then on the, on the day, it was just as calm as weather can be. Like I think at two hundred meters, you're lucky if you have point one dialed on. Um, so, uh, Tikarangi had a bit of a breeze, but nothing major. Like were you holding off plate maybe on some of the long targets, just Simon? I can't recall. Um, yeah, just, but. Uh, Certainly for our squad, it switched partway through the day. Um, so you were holding left to begin with, and then you were holding right by the end of the day. Or or possibly it, it might have been sort of a nor'westerly, and it sort of splits in that gully that um, that you shoot that match in. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but so but nothing nothing out of no. nothing major that you'd think there's a windy day. Uh, no, nothing you was, couldn't keep on top of with no. the round counts you had. Tirada was essentially winless. Yeah. Uh, and then, but then, come uh, the final, we had quite a bit of wind, changeable wind, um, but gusty in some situations. And because the range had quite a variation on directions of fire, yeah, that proved to be quite a. Uh, it was awesome. Oh, well, <laughs> it's fun. Like obviously, it makes shooting harder. But um, man, some of those hundred and eighty meter stages, hundred two hundred meter stages, there's a bit of wind. Like I think. One point I had might have been two and a half mil, something like it was a fair bit. Um, and then at other stages on similar distances, similar directions, I'd have half a mil. So um, yeah, I I think in like the first five stages, man, we 
we struggled on some of those long targets because it was sort of you had wind where you were standing on those knobs. Um, and that, as it turned out, we were aiming pretty much straight at everything, you mm. know, out to 160. And it was sort of, oh, God, like it was, it was, a, you know, there's wind at it. You can feel it on your skin. You can see it in the trees. And then to just dial nothing and hold dead on, it's like, oh, God, this is going to miss. And um, and so you'd sort of start the stage by holding left or right or something. You'd miss, miss, and you're like, oh, I'm trying to hold the other way, not miss, miss, and you'd hold straight up and you hit and you go, okay, that doesn't make any sense, but I'm going to believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I actually got lucky with just some pure guesses on some stage with my first shot. Um, and because yeah, um, but that that was cool to have the wind, uh, the troop line, which was at 240 meters. It was yep. a sort of. Uh, 12 o'clock wind for me when I shot it and was sort of doing a little bit of left and right. So I sort of, as I transitioned to each target further out, I was essentially having to, my wind would change from left to right on each target. It, it worked out in the end. Um, so that, that caused me some grief and being that it was in a paddock with sort of grass that's nearly gone to seed, longer grass, um, but dry, it was um, pretty well impossible to see the, see the missed shots. Um, the grass was sort of moving in the wind too, so you weren't going to catch much of a flicker. Um, but yeah, so the wind, I, the wind was good. It was, um, uh, yeah, we needed it. I think otherwise, yeah, it was something we hadn't seen a lot of in the in the lead up matches. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, it's certainly not the um, steel storm or um you know jeff's matches we've got a half a gale running through and the lightning striking the ground so yeah we didn't have that in the lead-up matches yeah yeah now so, so that was cool uh, yeah but well we can't wish any weather but um a little bit more wind at the other rounds would have been nice but that's life but again a lot of people to be honest especially the newer shooters probably enjoy a little less wind so it's one less thing for the newer shooters to worry about um yep so it's not necessarily a bad thing um so mark You've been quite quiet this episode. How did you find match directing the final? Uh, it was good. I was keen to see how twelve for stage day would go, and how long it would run. So, um, certainly fully doable in a summer event with all the time you've got up your sleeve. So, definitely not a one to one. I mean, because we were down to basically, I get yeah, I don't. <clears throat> We're advertising, we are, Simon was advertising, there's still spots available. For anyone new who was interested, you know, because you still shoot it regardless. So, but I think people obviously can final or finale, they, they assume it's just whatever. So, yeah, we ended up with a pretty much all people who have been at, obviously, um, plenty of the events before. So, I didn't really foresee many issues at all. So, but I got a couple of calls from one squad. So, um, it was really a major thing. Uh, yeah, it was. I took the time to try and look at most stages and see what was happening, you know, how they, they were going and what sort of issues they'd be having, or if any. Um, I saw, yeah, I, I saw a few things that I thought squads probably should have picked up on, but I don't know. It's sometimes something you've got to um, hammer home to people around some of the safety stuff. Not, it's not big, just little stuff, you know. Um, where you're not sort of just, you know, yelling a warning or something to someone. 
whereas you probably would have a few events ago sort of thing. I don't know, just an observation. But um, but no one really directly reported anything to me that was uh, of a significant issue. I don't know what you had going through your squads throughout the day. We had a, I had a quite a green squad, um, but pretty good, really. Um, one sort of brand new shooter I was supervising, um, but he... Again, the only issue with him was the occasional um, uh, uh, closing the bolt before he was looking at the target, um, yeah. which for a brand new shooter is, is a very, very, uh, it, it, it takes a while to stick it in their brain, but by the end of the day, smart young guy, he was pretty well on top of that. Um, and we were pretty good. I think the idea is to, <clears throat> if, if everything goes well for the match director, obviously I wasn't there, the match director, this one, the squads will police themselves and then and, and you you might see something happen but before you've even had to um reprimand or, or such um the squad will, will take care of it that's that's the ideal goal in, in my mind is that um you and simon are shooting simon does something <clears throat> that he shouldn't and and you call him up before i even have to and i just have to sit there and nod essentially and then take it further if need be that that's the idea in my opinion we're getting more of that, which is good with, with yeah. squads. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in the past, we've had it where squads have kept safety uh, breaches a secret many years ago. And, yeah, um, yeah, let's not go back there. Um, I, yeah. I think more, if it starts on the right foot, it carries on with our squad. So yeah, yeah. If people turn a little blind eye to something, then it just becomes, just sort of gets overlooked for the day to a degree, yeah. is what I've noticed. But um. Yeah, yeah we've, we've seen that events. I see it in squads. Um, you know, if, if somebody does something stupid, uh, whether or not it's a, a muzzle sweep or, you know, a, a not opening the bolt in a move or something, then you, I find it's easy to pick it up really early in the day. And it yeah. sets the tone for the squad that, you know, yeah. that those sort of things are going to be picked up. Um, and then, yeah, people, other people point it out and competitors start thinking, oh, yeah, shit, sorry, I did that. Or you'll see them, they'll start to move and they go, oh, shit, no, no, they'll stop and open the bolt and move. And it's, yeah, it's, it's cool to see them, but you you kind of need to nail it up front. Mm. Yeah. Um, and set that tone early. No, no, I still make mistakes. So, you know, and, um, when I'm competing, you know, not, yeah. How so, did... How did you find the semi-automatics with with the safety side, um, Mark? Um, obviously, they can't open their no, bolt. It's, it comes down to familiarity with their own rifle. So um, mm. some people, you can tell that it's just not embedded because they're fumbling around for the safety all the time. Um, it's something they're not used to. It's a bit like the, yeah. and But with others, usually when it's got a reasonably obvious and large safety, they're fine. And you can see them manipulating it all the time. And not necessarily having to call it all the time either, because it's just become a. Um, yeah, it's under their muscle mental. memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. part of the manual of arms, and they're, they're using it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So no, no, that's fine. The only issue is um, there's just some people misinterpret how far it's considered to move. You know, the whole if you're only shifting a target in a cone of fire type of stuff. That's the only. But which is once again, it's just. Um, catching it on the, at the start and sorting it out. Um, no, I thought all the stages, um, you know, none of them had really any issues in terms of the layout and stuff. Oh, yeah, for what I perceived in terms of 
having any risk sort of thing. So, what do you think the coolest stage was, Mark? Uh, I like the trip line because I got to watch a couple of shooters there, um, and two two very different but but very good results out of it. So the only two people that cleared it, which was Simon and, and, and Anthony, and um, so I sort of made a point of turning back up there when Simon was shooting. And I spotted for a couple of people, and then Simon was going to shoot, so I was like, I'm not spotting for you, Simon, because I'm getting deep shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that competitive, honest. No, 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 no. I just thought you're the worst. Kids. You're the you're the worst competitor ever, Simon. No, no. I'm it was more about um, having someone someone he implicitly trusted spotting from. So, you know, so I got off the I got off the binoculars. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, so he yes. proceeded to so watch a, my disaster. Uh, but which you know you snit yeah. Anyway. You recovered, yeah. So yes, um, Simon immediately started to, and I watched other people, you know, hit the first three or four targets, no problem at all. Simon proceeded to miss, miss, miss on the first target, three misses, I think it was, maybe at least three. three. Yeah, at least three, and then he's like oh, something, and he quickly worked out his, his his scope was out, so he adjusted and got on, and then um, proceeded out the fourteen targets. Yep. Uh, and we got the last one with a second to spare. So um, I was like, Whew. so that, <clears throat> yeah. And that was the only person up to that point who cleared it. So I said, well, that'll be hard to to um, match it. Because the wind was, at that state, uh, on that end, the wind would build a bit and drop off. And, you know, throughout a squad, you'd see people with not much wind and then a bit of a breeze and a bit more, you know. So it did, did change a lot. Um, don't know if you noticed it, Simon. Oh, yeah, yeah when on yeah, while I was shooting, it, assuming my adjustment got me back to some form of semblance of zero wind on yeah. the scope, um, yeah, it only, you could feel it build as I was going out the longer targets, and then as I got to the, the, the past 200 metre targets, it had dropped off a little bit. Um, yeah. I was holding about a mil worth of wind um, out on the like 220, 240 metre targets, and yeah. whereas those sort of, 160 to 190 200 meter targets it was more like a mil and a half yeah um, so it just dropped for me a little bit on those last <clears> couple of targets yeah so that it had the big uh, the longest distance of the day as well so that was interesting to watch um it certainly was a bit like the blind stage where there was no numbered targets so a lot of people got into trouble in the middle um yep. losing place and couldn't find targets or went back to the wrong one so they had to really make sure the spotter was was talking people through, especially the midsection of it, where um, where the targets were close, you know, within the backdrop looked the same, and there this this was below, you know, so it looked, you could easily get lost. So and then, hmm. yeah, no, I thought so, that was quite handy having you hanging around our squad. Uh, certainly, the squad can help out a competitor like that by, you know, the next target it's a big clump of thistles just above it. It's you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. Was one of the things we noticed at Pew Pew on the uh, troop line, um, with the light and the target colouring in that long grass. It, it was you. You really had to be on your game to you know to to keep track of which was your next target and where you were moving to. Um, and yeah, yeah, it was similar at um at the finale. I, another, I, communi- another communication thing. Sorry, um, where you've yep. got to basically get good at. Um, calling terrain features and that you know and and communicating it as, as you know succinctly as you can you know fewer words around yep. so people can understand it 
it's something I saw at Tarata in the teams match that some teams did well, you know, two-person teams did well, especially try getting someone back on to find a target they could, couldn't find. I think it's a partial, not having the numbers, it's a lot of people will shoot it on a real high, high magnification. If you just sort of back yeah. your mag off to like 10 or something, then you, you've got that field of view. Yeah. Um, and then you can, um, I, I, yeah, that's how I see it. Is I had a few comments yeah, that should be numbered and I thought, no, nah, not really. Now, a lot of people are in the heat of, what is it? Yeah. They actually don't change the magnification. Like it's the last, you can tell with some people it's the last thing they uh, will think of changing to a degree, you know. So you're right. If you tell them to drop low at the start, they'll tend to not finish as high either in magnification because, yeah, you can see the target's fine. So. Maybe maybe they're thinking they'll, they'll spot a missed shot, but you're not really going to see that much of a miss in that longer grasp. But you don't no, know. If you only, don't. Only, only the gateway with the <clears> tiny <throat> target allowed you to see much, and that was about it, which was good for that target. But um, so then I yeah, that was the last, deliberately placey. Yeah, yep. the last last squad of the gate today to go through is um Anthony's squad. So I basically watched him go through that, and um, and the rest of the squad, you know, he had some good good shooters in there who eventually got you know through the last target. I think a couple of people did. Or just the next near the last one, and um, so he pinged away at it and basically got to the last target with fifty seconds remaining. <laughs> so, and yet, yet all day I'd seen people, um, you know, timing out all the time. So yeah, which showed where he'd got himself to in terms of uh, preparedness for that match. So hmm. yeah, he had his scope dial that um, what is it? Writable, rewritable scope dial on his on his night force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, well, he said on his Instagram post that worked quite well on that stage. No, and I looked at it because I was like scoffing at it, you know, thinking of a non-electronic solution. Yeah, um, but then I actually looked at the <laughs> I looked at the dial I'd written for that stage, and so you're like, well, what if you're coming right around? Which, which on that stage you were, you know, you were coming round again on the dial. Yep. But you just have little your number number fourteen was there, your number thirteen. So you could actually tell once you come around a full revolution that you was you know which was the right one to be on. So it worked well. Yeah, I thought it was good. Um, yeah, I imagine that would have worked better had we numbered the targets going out there. Because <laughs> when I first saw him earlier in the day, he had a bottle of alcohol when he was opening up, and I was like, "Jeepers, what's he doing?" <laughs> <laughs> There's his secret. He's about to scoff back some <coughs> ethanol or something <coughs> to, to to calm his nerves. But no, he was just getting a little cloth out and cleaning his turret off. I was like, oh. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, I think I used a mixture of dialing and holding that stage. Um, yeah. I held a bunch of the close targets. And, um, and then when I shifted, I think, to that little one in the gateway, I dialed and started dialing for a bunch. I think I only adjusted my parallax maybe once. I think I started on about 60, 70 metres or something and then just dialed it to like 180 or 200 or something mm. and did the rest of the stage that way. And then the last targets, <laughs> I was running out of time, so I was holding them. Yeah, so I was – it was my worst stage at Pew Pew, among others, um, <clears throat> among most of them. Um, so I was interested in the trip, trip line to have a look at it and see what people did. And I can – yeah, after what you just said now and what I'd watched on the day, you had to basically, for time, you had to hold for quite, you know, for ones that you were easily holdable, you know what I mean? That 
and then yep. dial for some of them. You couldn't, unless you had a, yeah, you couldn't dial for them all because you just ran out of time. So, um, was, was my take. So you just got to, when you get to one of those stages for me anyway, is, is work out right. What's the distances and where, where are those holds and my, you know, where I don't have to change a lot hold wise. And when will I start dialing type of thing? I was, yeah. Yeah, so some of that's just writing down the dope for each target and where they work up nice, you know, where one target yeah. might be, you know, you've, you've got a dial five and a half mil and your next target's six and a half mil. If you dialed for the first, it's only a one mil hold and you've got a mark in your scope, just use it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So don't forget, don't forget it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what was, um, what was your favourite stage, Simon, of the day? Oh. Uh, oh man, um, dash it went all right, but it, it dash it went all right for a lot of people. So, um, no, I the blind stage, yeah, blind stage was yeah, my favourite. You have to say that. Yeah, you just cool. like how frustrated everyone. Yeah, no, I yeah yeah <laughs> miserable bugger. Everyone will remember that match for that stage. So yeah, it <laughs> you're, trying, you're trying to you're trying to lend some support to your orphan. <laughs> all advertisement is good advertisement it might not be positive but it's good <laughs> now, Dash what about yourself most Graham? Clear, most clear stage. probably is it, uh, Dash it was the most clear yeah, stage yeah Dash it was Yeah. Yep. and I didn't clear it I didn't at the last target anyway, um, uh, it would be the one before the Dash it the two tree or not two tree so the yes the, the big lunar limits racket 60 odd metres Sitting and then off the tree. I didn't clear it. I dropped one. Um, yeah. Did you drop an unsupported one or a supported one? Uh, yeah, I, I dropped the last. Ta- I couldn't get the last target on the unsupported. The little twenty-five millimeter. That annoyed me. I was the opposite. I cleaned it unsupported and couldn't clean it supported off did, the tree. Did you? Was it real windy for you or something? Yeah, I I put maybe four or five shots of that little one off the tree and it just like peppered all around it. I was just, oh, <laughs> damn it. Because we finished yeah, the same yeah, same points, which makes sense. Um, uh, Jordan cleared it. Well, I'm not surprised um, with his skill set. Anthony, with his new skill set of being able to shoot unsupported, cleared it. But other than that, that was... Well, actually, all of them didn't get that many clears. But that, yeah, that's, that was my favourite stage. I think where it was set in the, in the trees... Um, it was a nice shady little area of the sun. Yep. Tricky shooting. Even the supported shooting because you're up against that big tree with all the shit hanging down. Um, and it's and it, a vertical support. Like you, you gain a lot from it, but not as you've still got to hold the rifle up. Yeah. It's not like you can just chuck your bag on a barricade and where you go. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got to be able to manipulate your bolt without. Yeah. One thing to think of when you like where, where it was, you can, it's easy to eject shells out. They'll hit the tree and they can come back into your action. I've seen it time and time again at different things over the years, and um, so you've just got to just something to think about when you position the rifle that you can manipulate the bolt and eject the spent case without um, you know breaking your position every time to do it. Um, yeah, so that'd be my favourite stage, I'd say. Um, probably second would be Speedy Possums which is, again, in a, essentially an unsupported stage because you couldn't see all the yep. targets if you went prone. I, I don't think you could shoot a prone anyway. Ran it through in a minute or something, and then you redid it in 22 seconds, 23 seconds, which was spicy. 
Yeah. So, so the first time, I think it was five targets, you shot them each, twice each. Twice. And then yeah. and then you uh, reset, as in chucking your mag and or whatever, with whatever ammo you had left, because you obviously couldn't just have an infinite amount. And then shot each target once. And that had about a 90 degree, maybe a little bit more arc of fire. So quite a lot of movement. And targets between sort of windows and the shrubs and behind Crown Fern and and that. So you had to be in the sort of right spot to see them. So if you didn't have a good plan. um, Yeah, again, another cool stage. Hard. No one cleared it. Um, But yeah, that'd be my second favorite. Yeah. So let me bring up that. Oh my god, I've lost it all. So how did Graham and Simon perform? So Simon, you've shot better than me, so I'll, I'll go first. Um, I shot okay, was is what I'd say for myself. I didn't clear anything, which is a disappointment. Um, but you I did up... get the highest score on Speedy Possums. <laughs> yeah, day. yeah. Um, stage one, which was one of my last stages, turned to custard. Um, probably really hurt me a lot. I'm I'm going to disregard the blind stage and the um, year stage. The one after the blind stage, I sort of cooked the goose at in a little swing it, um, or well, something went wrong there. But yeah, just average, average shot, average. I felt a bit bit off. Um, I, I ended up having a bit of time off crook afterwards, but that didn't really affect my shooting on the day. I just wasn't as sharp as the uh, four guys in front of me, really. It was what it came down to, um, but had a great, had good fun. Really cool squad. Um, just a few silly little things. But now, Simon, how did you shoot? Is probably the more interesting. Now, one of the guys of my squad summed it up. I thought quite well. I had a lot of good stage recoveries. <laughs> um, I had a bunch of stages that didn't start so well, and I had to recover. Um, it seemed to be a bit of a theme for my day. Um, yeah, I, I shot pretty well, not as well as I wanted to, not as well as I... So I tend to have fairly high expectations of myself and um, <clears throat> I didn't shoot to my own expectations. Hmm. Um, my speedy possum stage, the I did fine on the, the slower run to start with, but, man, it just turned to shit in the speed. Um, I think I fired maybe six shots at one target before I hit it. Yeah. It was, yeah, just stupid. Um, and how'd that make you feel, Simon? Oh, <laughs> let's just say one of the competitors in my squad, um, he was spotting for me on that stage, and he was like, oh, I saw every shot. It was here, it was here, it was here, it was here. It was like, mate, I know. I, I don't need to relive it, thank you. I just, you know, it's it's one of those mental you know, games from things, I, I have to get that bad stage and that image of the miss out of my head because you can't take it to the next stage and expect to do well. You know, if all you're doing is thinking about missing, guess what? It, you know, that's yeah. what you'll continue doing. So yeah. to have him try to relive it was, 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 could have been less frustrating, I suppose. <laughs> so just yeah. look, just looking did at yours. That, did that play on you later in the day then? Uh, I got it out of my head. The, the the next stage for us was the troop line, and so that, as you yeah. said, did not start well. And then we went all the way back to one. Yeah, yeah, and oh, we went all the way back to one, and then like my whole first five stages, I dropped uh, a target at mm-hmm. least or yeah. more 
on all of them, and most of them were all the long shots. And I just man, I was struggling in yeah. that wind. I'm just I'm looking at that now, and that's what killed you. Yeah, stage two. Yeah. Yes. Um, the bank yeah. it or bank your limit, man. That yeah, that 180 meter target rack. It might have taken me five shots to hit the first big one. Oh shit! Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, because it was like, okay, no, no, I'm going to hold, you know, right on the right tip of the diamond and held, miss, miss. And I was like, shit, I'll hold straight up, nah, miss, miss. Okay, I'll hold left. I, I don't know what's going on. Miss, miss. And then, you know, the first target I hit on that rack was actually the second target. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, and then I just... The first one. Yeah. 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 Now, that was I just... I couldn't hit enough of those long targets. Then you had to come back for that the target behind the spinner yeah 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 so yeah. now those those first five stages of the match kind of um or stage one through five yeah i dropped at least one or two hits yeah. on all of that's them. that's what lost you're just looking at it it's just um yeah yeah that's that was it it was just two points here three points there and it just accumulates so yeah yeah but um it's still good score like <laughs> like it's a total score most of the time Two points here, three points there. Just accumulates. Accumulates <laughs> to a seventeenth. <laughs> I, I sort of made most of them, or you know, I came good on the second half of the course. So my, you know, from sort of um, stage eight, nine, ten, eleven, um, you know, I was doing okay on those ones comparatively to the rest of the field. Yeah, but yeah, it was just those stage one to five, just one hit or two hits on all of them. But yeah, no, I did all right. I ended up second um, by a little bit of a margin, by 15 points or so, so half a stage. <laughs> all that being said, it sounded like, no, oh. no, but I was second. So, yeah. Oh. As I say, I've got a fairly high expectation uh, yeah, of myself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it was, yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you obviously, it was the grand final, you know, you were in very close contention. So that was, that's why you had that expectation. And, and, pressure on yourself to do well so yeah 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 absolutely yeah one thing i'm going to say just looking at scores in the final uh cassie from the gun rack come through in 10th 10th or 11th or so. that's awesome that's um a great finish for her who's strongest of the season by <laughs> a long sounds shot. like a native that's a native ad graham good work i don't get it a native ad is when a newsreader puts an ad into the News read that it sounds like part of the. Uh, oh, and they're getting paid. They're getting paid in the background. <laughs> and yeah. Sponsored by the gun rack. Yeah. <clears throat> Carry on. Oh no, not tenth. Anyway, but still a really, really good um, finish. Thirteenth. Yeah. No, she improved on her performance from through the series. Through oh the yeah, year, that's for sure. Yeah. 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 No, that's um, that's a real, really awesome to see. Um, let me just bring that down. So the series itself, um, uh, we just thought it's, we started talking about this end of twenty twenty one. Did we, Simon? After um, the original speed yeah. precision, we sort of started yep. yapping about it, and so we generally in the well, in the past, um, you've all your twenty two events have been for the large majority in recent years have been in on sort of square ranges and, and that kind of thing. Um, more prop based just due to the nature of square ranges. Um, I never did a, 
I'd never really done any major 22 matches. I'd done some minor stuff, but um, then we, we did the, it was the original Tikarangi event. <clears throat> um, and, and even with the lockdown in Auckland, we still had a pretty good number of attendees. Um, yep. Uh, 31 or 32 or something, which without, again, without Auckland, we normally give a 10 to a dozen. And then you did speed precision and we, we sort of talked about how it'd be cool to, to um, do a bit of a field series and obviously Pew Pew come out of that and, and, and uh, Titi. Um, yeah, well, so what do you think about, obviously you have one event and then this event over there and they don't really link up apart from being similar in format, but having the series, do you think it was a, the right way to do it? Um, you know, having not just that round, but future rounds. And so you got to think long game rather than um, short term. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Jeff talked about that um, a bit. Um, I personally, I never really thought much on the, you know, when I'm shooting an event, I'm not worried about the series. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, I'm shooting the event. I'm focused on my next stage, my next shot, my next, you know, the the shot I'm taking type thing. So I, in my mind, I, I wasn't there trying to line up an overall series good performance. It was, I'm trying to line up an immediate good performance. But um, yeah, so the... It, I don't know. Maybe I'm a little different. I think a little different in that regard. So the yeah, the series is cool. Like I, I like I absolutely support it now. Yeah, and I think it this 2022 series has been fantastic. Um, but I think that's because we've had four fantastic matches as opposed to a fantastic series. Um, yeah, if that makes sense. No, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can't be a cool series without good matches. Yeah, I I think. And putting the series together, I really liked, as I said before, I really liked the fact that the four matches were different. Mm. Um, and I really liked the fact that the match directors got to compete the overall series. Yeah. Um, as we've discussed, I think we need to tweak that a little bit if, um, when and if we run the series again. Um, that It needs to be quite clear who's going to be the match director at the finale. And um, it's... Uh, you know, we we talked about it on the day. You know, it's 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 hard for me to compete a match that I've already set. Or yeah. sorry, it's an advantage for me to compete a match that I've set. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, there were aspects of the series I really liked. You know, the different matches, different match directors, match directors can compete. Um, yeah, the different styles. I think that worked really well. Um, and then the, the standardized scoring we used, you know, so we, well, a couple of things, you know, we kept the same classes right across the matches. Um, so those class rules were set right up early and they didn't change for the whole series. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the standardized scoring for each matches. So you, you essentially, you level the difficulty or balance out the difficulty for each of the matches by, um, by doing the scoring, the series scoring, how we did it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was important to put all that um, information up front before it started as well. Um, like a bit, some people got a bit confused on how the scoring happened, but the, with the rules and and this and that, and instead of going, oh yeah, round three's got you can do this where previously you couldn't, or um, yeah, I think that worked out pretty well. Um, so hunter class uh, with 
our center fire events, it's becoming less popular to the point with at RTD we don't actually run it anymore just because we were getting two to three to four people <clears throat> and setting a whole competition for that many people is just not worth the resource. Um, but with 22, it's still popular, uh, definitely popular enough to put the effort in on our end. Um, what do you think the idea behind Hunter Class is, uh, sort of what it's about? It's a gateway drug. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the hook that gets the new people in. Yeah, no, yeah. You know, um, so Hunter Class, I really like Hunter Class. I Obviously, you and I have a, have a slightly differing opinion on the Centrefire Hunter Class. Um, mm-hmm. You know, GPRE are going to continue with the Centrefire Hunter Class. Um, and if if we're going to drop it for a match, I think we really should have dedicated Hunter Class events. Yeah, agreed. Um, because it's if we're not growing the competitor pool, then essentially it's shrinking. Yeah. Um, and the way to grow that in competitor pool is to bring new people in. And um, new people can turn up with a you know, off the health, off the shelf package deal out of the, you know, out of the gun store and, and come along and have some fun. And I think that is exactly how we set Hunter Class in the 22 series and the Spark series has been that, yeah, you can turn up with a with a really simple, straight out of the shop Hunter Class type, um, you know, simple 22 with a simple scope on it and you'll still be okay. You know, you'll still have a lot of fun and hit a lot of targets. Yep. But yeah, yeah hunter class is a gateway drug. They get to have a bit of fun, hit some targets, but they also get to see and watch the you know the um, rifleman class competitors about. Man, this is achievable. This is doable. You know, this is you know this is where you could you could grow in your shooting. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's especially in twenty two. It's the uh, I hundred percent agree the way to to bring people into the game with the the match uh, the the, the pew pew match. We had a lot of new competitors north of. Pupi Rikers only and that what, two hours from Auckland or yep. hour and a bit from Hamilton. Um and with and I've seen a lot of real basic setups and, and like you say, you can you've got a some Marlin bolt action or semi automatic with a ten shot mag and <clears throat> some unnamed scope and you can hit targets and and you can you can be competitive. Let's be yeah, no, let's face you can be a lot more competitive in twenty two with a basic setup. Yeah, in, in, in either class. Yeah. So, I mean, it's <clears throat> the barrier to entry is lower in the ammo. Oh, just the cost the, involved is, is, is. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty, and the, the ammunition's a leveler as well because there's only, you know, there is. But generally, the average price stuff's going to get you roundabout where you're going to go. So, if, 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 you, if you look for bargains on Trade Me, you could be competing for like three, four hundred dollars. You know, you just, or maybe you got to get another another mag might be handy. Although a lot of the, on the stages I designed, um, if the hunter the hunter class required a few more rounds, I'll just give them a bit more time. And then the idea being, if they had one ten shot mag, they've got thirty seconds extra to load their mag up a bit more. Like it was, or yeah, something like that. Or you know, so um, uh, yeah, I I think yeah, it was a big success and 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 new shooters coming in, um. Uh, I, I maybe think some of the the rules around the class need a little bit more refining for next year around what rifles can be used. Um, 
it's always a hard subject to sort of nail yeah. down. Um, yeah, there's some sort of there's some higher end, and I say it in air quotes, hunter glass rifles being used at the top end. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, and not yeah, everyone that, 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 would immediately look at them and go, "Yeah, man, they, that's an off-the-shelf hunting rifle you can just pick up anywhere." <laughs> but that, that's always been the way from time immemorial. Some people have all the gear and no idea to start with. You know, they spend it, it, the money and the, spend the money and then start. Exactly, and you don't want to discourage that person no, from no, no. coming, jumping into rifleman class, getting absolutely exactly. torn up. <laughs> hence, hence why they can they can take they can turn up with a voodoo, they can go and hunt a class, and they can be non-competitive. Yeah, and like we'll, we'll, we will we will compare their score so they can look at it. No, no. Um, yeah. But that's that's always a balance that is hard to strike. Um, and it was. It was a, a similar balance um, that was hard to strike at the finale match. Um, and again, with some slight bias in there. Um, if you look at the hit percentage results in Hunter class, you know, the, in Rifleman class, um, you know, the person with a with the top hit percentage, um, Anthony, also came first. Yeah. Um, I was third admittedly second in rifleman class you can't really trust that result because it was only seven stages that person had their number of shots fired um but i was um you know right up there or the, the next person in hit percentage was you know was um third so i was on 57 percent hit percentage and i was third you know 56 percent was um jordan he was fourth but hunter class it looks a bit different very different you know, so this one person, uh, Malcolm, was out on a hit percentage of 69%, and he was third for the match, but he was first by a fair margin in hit percentage. You know, so it, um, some of that stage design, you know, like where you know you could argue that on a few stages we could have given Hunter Class a few less rounds to make their hits, um, to you know, to possibly push someone using better shooting technique as opposed to having, you know, to fire in more rounds to get their hits. Um, yeah, it, it's a bit of an, a stretch and an interpretation, that, of course. But, um, there's, a that's, that's, there's a higher percentage of um, hunter class people with semis, though. Yes, that's what I was going to say. First and second yes. were semis. Yeah, yep. yeah. And, yeah. and you can hear them um, emptying their magazines at different point, to, <clears throat> trying to hit a target at the end or something, which... They're obviously not thinking of hit percentage at that point, are they? So, yeah, absolutely, and you can see that in the shots fired results as well. Oh. That's why I always top that figure in the, in the wrong way. <laughs> Most rounds fired. <laughs> yeah, <what>? max. <laughs> yeah, um, I bucked the trend in that in rifleman class, of course, because <laughs> I, I fired a lot of shots for the day with my bolt action. <laughs> Second in shots fired. Woo-hoo. <laughs> second and second in the match. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So one thing. So normally we run um, uh, hunter aside, and, and the other match we run practical and open class. So just gear restrictions essentially, um, and um, some some differences in shots. With this, we went with a, a combination class. What we we dubbed rifleman. Uh, so essentially. You can take what gear you like, no restrictions on the rifle, scope, bipod, etc., ex- excluding the 
caliber, obviously, even though I still get the Loved questions. It. Yeah. Um, but then we restricted equipment via stage rules. By far the way to go. How, how did, well, obviously, we know how Mark feels now. How did you find that rather than having the two classes, Simon? Now, if we had practical and open, <laughs> you would have won practical finish. and Collie would have won open. But having the combined class and having the different generally open shooters aren't as skilled and unsupported shooting and the practical guys are generally it's a bit more their thing having them go head to head you think it was the right way to go Simon Um, not you Mark (laughs) I think it's the right way to go in the centre fire oh sorry I think it's the right way to go in the rim fire events thank you Um, and I'll qualify that by saying the target sizes we use in rim fire are considerably larger than the target sizes we use in centerfire. Mm-hmm. And so um, uh, someone who doesn't have a, you know, a 15-pound but a, you know, 22 rifle that they can just dump on a bag on a solid barricade and have it sit there rock solid, um, the target sizes are such that you can have a bit more unstable a position and you're still going to be reasonably okay. Yeah. Some of the learn your limits rack that we shoot off, you know, some of the barricades, um, those heavy rifles are, are getting to be boring at advantage. And that more, again, in air quotes, the sort of PRS style of chuck the barricade or chuck the bag on the barricade, chuck the gun on the bag and shoot your tactical bench rest is, um, is a bit more an advantage. But for the most part, I mean, you look at the, um, you know, if we're using a 200 mil target at 200 metres, um, you know, that's a two mil or six minute angle target. That is massive when you consider it in the center fire events. Yeah. And so, yeah, that, it was, it's a really good way how we did it with rifleman class for the 22s because the, the big expensive gear is still in a, an advantage in terms of, you know, flash game changer bags and, and, you know, six, $700 tripods, you know, they're still an advantage, but, not much. I think the tripod thing, you can write the rules around pretty easy. Um, yeah, and we pretty much did. I think the yeah. only... Time it was Mark it and his trigger sticks that came in that we had to start yes. bloody writing rules for. Yeah, we're going to ban those. <laughs> what? And pretty, you're you're just, an excellent test thinking, bed, Mark. You, you, I was thinking of, oh, <laughs> of speed, speed versus precision. It was great on two or three of those stages. We did think, like, there's no way people will be able to de- deploy a tripod here. So there's no point excluding it. And then Mark's like, shh, boom, 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 boom. It's, like, oh, it's the same old thing. I lent it to people and they look like f- they've fumbled around and just it was a complete waste of time. So, so that's a good point. Yep. Simon's sort of mentioned this to me in the past. He go, well, people don't have a tripod. We'll just leave one there and for the stage. And then he goes, well, no. they're not practiced with it. No. It's like, well, yeah, it's exactly. a good point, right? Um, um, yeah. And they're trying to pull on the legs to deploy it. And I was like, no, it's a, anyway, it's a trigger stick type of thing. And you just like, it shows straight away, uh, you just can't leave gear on a stage to a degree that's got any complex, you know, it, it, it's not an advantage. Just not, if people haven't used it before, it's going to slow them down. Or that's all it's going to do. So. Mm, yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah. I like, I didn't mind the, the, um, I think with, with when it comes to bags now, most people have some form of bag with a groove or a, that goes over a barricade, right? They, 
pretty easy to get. It's choosing a bag that's the problem. Yeah, right. So that's that's not what it was five, ten no. years ago. Um, back no. then, it was very hard to get anything like that. But no, now, I think yeah. that's that's only true for our regular competitors. Good yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. not true for the people coming into. You know, they they come into a match and they go, oh, no, 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 my rifle's good out to six hundred meters. I'll jump into, I'll jump into rifleman class and you send a fire out to six hundred. Realize you need a specialist bag for a bunch of the barricades. Mm. You know, the the and and if they haven't shot that style event before, they don't. Which is where I saw practical class as being good because you get it is you. It's just a rear bag. It's a sand sock. It's a you know, it's a really simplistic yeah. bag that Rice or you know, yep. everyone's using. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe there's a bigger picture thing there. Um, yeah, it's yeah. Inter- it's interesting. I see, but really, with when it comes to our Cinefire events, people are still voting themselves, and practical still selling far more posi- positions than open by a large margin. Yeah, some of that. I, I some of that is the, the the rule set that we use in practical versus open. Um, some of it is practical class. Um, you get more shots. Yeah. That's it. You, know, you get okay. to miss and make up for them. Yeah. And yeah. where you don't in open glass. Two spears. Yeah. No spears, yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking at a photo of me you put up at Tarata and golly gosh, I've got some grey hairs. Anyway, <laughs> shit off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's glad. been a stressful series, mate. It has. <laughs> the top of it's fallen out and the sides have gone grey. <laughs> um but yeah, I, I liked I like riflemen. Um, I'm going bald. That's obviously <laughs> Like, yeah, I, yeah, I've caught it from you guys. I'm pretty sure. Um, I enjoyed running because I, I shoot practical for the most part. Um, so I enjoyed running, getting used to a um, a more modern bag design. Because uh, I've got about thirty different ones here. In fact, I I've given most of them away. Um, but it's um, yeah, I I enjoyed the. See, here's the thing: I still ran my smaller. It's actually a pre-production saber practical size bag that's the newer ones are quite a lot fancier but um with some grippy stuff on them but um i still ran that off a bunch of stages off the tops of posts and, and stuff i find the bags that are a bit overly complicated you have to be quite particular how you position them on some props whereas a smaller bag can just be flopped down and, and you can shoot a lot quicker um and and lighter as well i don't i don't really like a big heavy game changer bag um just because you've got to move it around all the time but yeah, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the the combined rule set anyway, um, and it's, I guess it's just up to the match directors and planners to um, interpret where certain items need to be written out of the stage. Like I just didn't sticks. notice even in the final. I didn't really notice in the final that people had a distinctive advantage with all the gear type of thing. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see someone. I thought was well, oh, they're they're romping home because of. They've got every option of what they can use, sort of thing. So. Yeah, that's that's good what? stage design on Simon's yeah, part. Yeah, it's riding in and out. So the other thing was, <laughs> I was giving people a ride back to the start, and you, some of the bags they're carrying, it's like they were <laughs> carrying stolen Nazi gold. My God, so much, <laughs> <laughs> so heavy. I was like, what the hell have you got? Anyway, because the twenty-two yeah. match thing, oh, it's not the some well, some of the ammo. It's lighter, but. Jeebus. But that, that, wait. That's that, that's just them handicapping themselves to a certain extent because that's the final had a long course of fire 
as in mm. distance between stages. So you're you're dragging around and what what do we have? 26, 27 degree heat. You're dragging around a bunch of gear, which probably should just be some water, and you probably haven't got enough water in your bag because people still don't carry enough water. Um, you're just wearing yourself out for no reason. You steal some on the course. Oh, true. There was a, a box on the back of your um. So, so, but yeah, that's yeah. I just that's that's competitor's choice. Um, you, you, you sort of you got all this fancy kit. You think shit. I've got to take this. I spent three hundred dollars on uh, two hundred dollars that sling, and um, you can paralyze yourself, I guess. But um, no, you no you're right. You think oh, you think oh, I'll throw this out. No, 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 no. I might need it. Well, then you go throw this out. No, no, no. I might need that too. I've, I, 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 I still carry a full set of Allen keys where I should go buy a separate <laughs> set of Allen keys. Take out the ones that fit the gun. Label them with tape and put them in a small ziplock bag. I'm I'm conscious I need to do that, but but by frick, I'm not not going to have my Allen keys because I'm not going to anyway. Um, you end up helping someone else anyway, so you need. Them. I've never used my. I'm not going to say I've never used my tools because I have shot teams match with you, but I don't often have to use my own gear. It's other people use it, or my spare chamber flags, spare gloves. They go to other competitors. Yeah, yeah. Even even sometimes a bag or something. Um. So do you think there's any sort of um, things we need to change if, if we do uh, – I'd like to go ahead to another season, but if we do another season, anything we need to change? Obviously, how – Finishing the, the calendar year. Yes, that was a, that was a yeah. blame New yep. Zealand's um, right. lambing season for that. Um, we were hoping the, – the original idea was to do the final of the first weekend of December, but that didn't happen due to various reasons. Um. But what do you reckon, Simon? Anything we need to change? Classes or I think no, having... I don't think so. I think the the rifleman class works quite well um, as is. Um, I don't want to change. I I don't think we should change a lot of the match design limitations. So obviously, like we don't have like three hundred meter targets. No, um, we're not pushing out the the, you know, the longer longer distances with twenty twos. Mainly because that that the, a lot of that comes down to you know, ammunition um, and the consistency of it. And uh, again, it, it, we don't want it to become the, a gear race, I mm-hmm. suppose, or a, a, where money is going to make a, a large influence more, on the outcome. More of a gear race, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah more of a gear race. True. Um, so yeah, I think where we've set. Um, the difficulty for the matches works, you know, quite well. I think the we don't need the long distances. Um, uh, it's I think we've you know we've done well on the hunter class stages have all been quite achievable. The hit you know hit percentages and score percentages have been you know have been good. So I've tried in the past to try and clarify the hunter class rules. I'm, I'm not sure how much more we can practically do there. Other than keep stage design such that even a basic setup can be really competitive. Yeah. And tell people they've qualified for the Rifleman Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tongue in cheek, but being very serious. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard one. They know, you know, people use different rifles for, for hunting, and, you know, that's true for small game as it is for large game. So it's. Yeah, yeah. yeah you'll never please be, everyone. I don't think I'll be entering with my Trek Twenty Two. That thing's horrendous. I, I, I've killed like thirty possums, forty possums no, I, with that thing. Yes, yeah, yeah, all within five meters. 
yes, I that is correct. It's like, yeah. oh, oh, Simon, that one's at like 30 metres. Shit, it's out of my range, Simon. So you better shoot that one. Well, I actually had to, when we did the last round of the um, Possum Rifle Series, um, uh, that's um, trademark, by the way, um, yep. uh, I had to grab Simon's rifle because of a certain situation as Possum next to me, and I couldn't believe how nice his trigger was after using the, using the desert <laughs> tech for the last three hours. I was like, shit. <laughs> I know. Every time I check the zero, it's always shifted somewhere else. So. Ah, that's good enough. That's good enough. You just, you just, you just run with it. Um, Clam <laughs> I will, I will, yeah, I think, again, I think it was a, a success. We had um, good numbers at events, um, good good amount of new shooters, um, had a couple of real good feeds at the different events. People remember the soup kitchen at the Tikarangi round um, and all the lamingtons and stuff like that. And, um, and I met a lot of cool new people too that I probably wouldn't have met and um, got to shoot some cool events. So I think the series was a big success. Um there was a lot of people involved that you probably don't realise. Not not just us. Uh, you obviously Wes, um, uh, all your volunteer team and family. Simon, um, Mark's family, uh, my lovely wife, my daughter, everyone doing something right. Um, uh, and then the various other supporters and volunteers we have. So thanks to everyone who helped. Um, again, it doesn't. These things don't just happen. Um, there's a bit of Bit of background work. Um, There's a considerable volunteer pool behind it. Oh, yeah, look what we had to use for the event last weekend. The amount of volunteers and different people yeah. and was uh, one of the biggest ever. On uh, different event next podcast, but um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, just even just like the food being taken care of by like my wife at Tikarangi. Right, it's just this big stress. I don't have to worry about. Um, you're like, here's a budget. I mean, it all just happens. Um, that's good yeah um, I, think, I think there's some serious competitors coming through I think there's people who improved a lot this year and it'll be interesting, very interesting this year coming up oh, um, well, like the Auckland round uh, the Auckland guys getting better and better yeah, yeah. The, the Auckland guys some of them come to Surplus Steel we, we don't really see them at Senate Wire events next time they're at Surplus Steel you know mm. um, it, it's just yeah it's 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 a big it's cool it's a community it's, it's fun there's some really cool people everyone's pretty well like minded for the most part and um everyone pretty much gets along so um well for the spark series like it would be you you think big picture side of things it would be cool to start including more matches so that's to to expand the series yeah i would like it to become a north i wouldn't want to call it north island series currently because there's three three rounds in taranaki and one one in uh the next district from taranaki so um but i'd like it to do that's true I've got a goal of doing an uh, Auckland round or south of Auckland. Where's that area? Um, Auckland domain. We- Huntley West. Um, yeah, Port Waikato. Port Waikato and possibly the Hawke's Bay. Um, I mean, shit, you could probably even make a Wanganui one happen. But um, And then you've, like, if you can get one sort of, um, in the southern Hawke's Bay then you're going to get more Wellington guys um, who generally don't come to the 22 stuff um, <laughs> you sure um, you know and then more Auckland's got a massive amount of, um, of of licensed firearms users you know what I mean if you can get more of them and, and a, a lot of pistol club guys and so, unlicensed <laughs> there's a lot of unlicensed <laughs> Um, they could well. I don't want to say 
we probably shouldn't train them up. That probably won't go down the best if they learn how to shoot well. But <laughs> no, no ram rage stage. But yeah, it would be it would be really cool to add a, a couple more rounds and and that would allow. You'd, I imagine if you say if you added two more rounds in, you'd probably keep the similar format: your best two rounds plus the final or something. Um, just meaning everyone doesn't have to get every event. But yeah, it also means that, um, like, if you had one sort of South Auckland and one in Hawke's Bay. If you've got to compete two events to get, you know, to or two of your qualifying events are going to count towards your season score, those guys have to travel. They can't just attend one and be qualified for the finale. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, and so that sort of it, it levels out the playing field for all the competitors, including those ones located in Taranaki or close to Taranaki. They, you know, they they've got to go somewhere else. I would say Taranaki guys are the worst for turning up to shoots. Like people assume our events at RTD are like ninety percent Taranaki guys. You're lucky if it's like ten percent. It's just how it is. Um, yeah. But I think, I'm not, yeah, I'm not leaving this valley. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I, I would like to see yeah, a bit more. And um, th- th- there is already some real early tentative plans to make that happen. I think something can sort of uh, uh, Wanganui way across the Wanganui River somewhere. Maybe There's a few properties we could probably get on um, that we could template with the current police bullshit. Um, so watch the space. We'll figure it out, and, um, and and hopefully bring on a few more match directors too. So it's not yeah. Just I us. think that's important. Yep. Um, again, yep. that is there is tentative plans there too. So we'll see. Um, no promises, but um, and it would also mean that I don't have to um have like you got a bit more of a chance if you you, you drop a, a real shit round, you can travel and do another round and hopefully get your your series average up a bit, which is definitely something me and Mark needed. This, this, this last season, we need a few mulligans. Scratch that one. Just carry on. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I think any any last thoughts on the no, the good. series, Mark Simon? That wraps it up there. Yeah, in a bow. Yeah, you don't want to go over some results. Yeah, oh, I, it's probably worth doing. I think top five in both. Shit, I'm on the top five season. <laughs> tops, <laughs> top, top six. <laughs> No, you go over a few results, mate. Give a few bullshit, a few shout-outs. Uh, right, so for the finale match? Yeah. Let's see if I got this right. Um, Hunter Class, do top five? Yeah. Yeah, so top five, Hunter Class. Um, Chris, one of the newer shooters to us, um, he was fifth. Um, Sophie, who's been shooting a bit up in Auckland or whatnot, um, she did well. She was fourth. Awesome. Uh, Malcolm came in in third. That'll he'll rue that one zero stage. Um, <laughs> Joel was second, um, and then Alex come in, um, another new shooter, new shooter for us um, for the season. He he won the finale match in hundred class. Um, Sophie did that too, actually. Did what? Zeroed. The rack stage. Oh, she did too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. bugger. Yeah. So it would have, anyway. <clears throat> yeah, it would have pumped her up a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris uh, zeroed that stage as well, actually. <laughs> okay, then. There's nearly, well, yeah, half the Hunter class competitors zeroed that stage, it turned out. Hmm. Um, yeah, so no, well done to Alex for winning the finale. Um, yep. On eighty odd percent of the score, and then in um, rifleman class, uh, let's get this right. Fifth, Graham. Hey, yep. 
made it there, having top scored on one stage out of 12. Yep, that, that, that's, we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, um, yeah, he was in fourth place. Um, the top scores Very were... Consistent season. Yes, he did. He did have a very consistent season. Um, yeah, Josh did well. Um, he had a good shoot. Um, I was talking to him afterwards. He was quite pleased with the performance. He came in at third, only a, only a few points ahead of Jeremy. Um, and then I was second, and, of course, um, Anthony was first. Um, Superstar yeah. Collie, yeah. Yeah, on 85% of the score. So, yeah, no, very good shooting. It was it was essentially, yeah, whoever won, won, wasn't it? Won the series. Um, so it was... Yeah. The, whoever won, won. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the top scores in, um, in Rifleman class were close enough that, you know, your finale score was basically going to determine your... Yeah. Um, yeah. So, the seasons, the season score, what have we got? Right. Well, I, just, I just gave it away, didn't I? But anyway. Damn. Um, in Hunter class, you get a few of the same names. Um, it turns out in Hunter class, we only had five people that um, competed enough matches, you know, to get themselves really into contention for the for the finale. So Calvin, one of our volunteers here in Taranaki, um, he was in fifth place. Very, very loyal volunteer. Yeah, it turns up every single week. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Who's the disloyal ones? <laughs> oh, that's, oh shit! Let's not. <laughs> yeah, um, Sophie. Um, she come in fourth in the in the overall, overall yep. series. Um, she competed every event. Um, Malcolm dropped. He didn't shoot the. He was in third place in the in the series. He didn't shoot the pew pew match. Can't remember oh, why, yeah. but start, yeah, yeah, but um. Yeah, he dragged himself into contention and then missed a little orange target behind a swinger and cost him the series. <laughs> hey, that was and, your uh, stage design too. You should blame yeah, it you. was. <laughs> um, Alex, even though he won the, the finale, he ended up second in the series. So he jumped from third or fourth in the series um, before the finale um, to come in at second. And then um, Joel took it out, shooting at Chris. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Rifleman class, top five. Uh, Nick from over Hawke's Bay. He competed, in fact, all of the top five competitors in Rifleman class, except me, competed every single match. Mm. That's the way um, to go. Yeah, it keeps the practice up. And Yeah, so Nick shot quite consistently. In fact, the, the finale was probably his worst performance um, out of the, the four matches. He was always sitting in that... Um, high 80s, low 90s um, through the qualifying matches. So, yeah, he ended up on fifth. Um, Jordan oh, from yeah. up Auckland. Understudy. He dragged himself back from a from what he would describe a horrible performance at P10, the Pew Pew match. I was um, quite surprised at Pew Pew. Yeah, I think he was out, like, out of the top 10. Yeah. 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 Yep. But then he He's did still, real well at Tikaringi. Developing his gun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, but no, he did real well at Tikarangi and at Speedverse Precision. Um, very, his very finale well. score wasn't quite so flash, though. No, he. Um, um, I think he made a comment to me. He's like, yeah, this is one of the harder ones. And I was thinking, shit, man, I thought this would be a lot of his style. But um, off day, eh? Yeah, I think if you look at the score percentage results across the different events, um, Pew Pew was the hardest. Mm-hmm. Um, just small targets, I think, for the most part. Um, this 
and then the speed verse precision um and the spark finale was sort of next with um yeah tickerangi being the easier of the events Shit, in terms tick- of score percentage tickerangi was meant to be the hardest what the heck Nah, look at the score percentage results across them, mate. All right, smaller unsupported targets. Just plan. <laughs> yeah, so Jordan was in fourth, and um, Jeremy uh, came through in third. Again, he had um, two good qualifying matches and then one not so good, and then he did well at the finale, come third in the finale, and then I was second. You had a, uh, you had a second and a first. Yeah, yeah, in the qualifying matches, and yeah. then I had to miss speed versus precision because I was running it. Yeah, and then um, yeah, Anthony won the rifleman class series, uh, with a second and a first in the qualifying, and then a first in the finale. And he had a he had like a tenth as well. I'll throw that in there. Yeah, in the speed versus precision <laughs> match. After he after he zeroed the uh, the long range banker stage. <laughs> It's a great day, that. Yeah, it's a great video because he like he like puts his hands over his face and like shakes his hands at the sky afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do well on that stage either. Though, so anyway, that's <laughs> at all. Um, yeah. So now, uh, congratulations to everyone who, um, well, to everyone who competed. Right, it's not just the winners. It's um, everyone who came and uh, even you, Mark. Um, yeah, I bet you and Collie. You did at speed, speed precision. So. Yep. That was my one highlight of the year. By a long way, too. Um, yeah, no, it's, um, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, so across the matches, we had 66 different competitors across all matches. That's, That's pretty good. good. You know, um, about 40 of them competed more than two events. Yep. Um, and there was only sort of, you know, it was 28 people competed more or three or more events. Yep. Um, yeah, so you get a few people coming back, but well, about half the competitors in total um, came back for for three or more events. We've seen several sort of um, people bring their old man along and and stuff like that too. Well, the first Wilkie. Time. When Michael Wilkie, he didn't bring his dad. No, I thought you were saying it was your dad. No, sorry. Oh, you know, yeah, but th- that's cool seeing sort of uh, fathers and sons competing together and usually sharing a rifle or something like that. Um, and I actually, think, I actually think we had a few people come over from the Hawks Bay too. So I think a Hawks Bay one could have some merit. Anyway, um, but yeah, congratulations to everyone. And hope, obviously not everyone finished where they wanted to. Everyone would like to win or do top 10 or um, or get you know 70% of Anthony's score or something. But um, a lot of people turned up and shot. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, and I guess just try and improve your score next time. Or get your gun running better or whatever. Whatever. Um, New scope. No, don't go buy new. Don't, don't, don't just spend money to solve problems. We heard a lot of that after this this last weekend's com- competition. Everyone blaming their guns. I t- <laughs> the only person happy about that was Hamish from NZ Millsurf. He's probably going to sell about thirty new guns. His hands together. <laughs> yeah, he's like, man, you need one I of need these. To, I need a better old gun. This <laughs> old gun. Um, yeah, I think that about wraps it up. We're just around hundred minutes. Um, yep. Right. Uh, yeah, we will. I'll get this out in the next couple of days and we'll try to get back on track with getting a few more podcasts done. Thanks, Simon, for coming on. Um, yeah, all good. It was a good podcast, good series. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you all later on. Yeah, looking forward to the next series. All right.